Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. Today, I am feeling very blessed to be able to share an episode with my longtime friend, Michael Philpott, who's also a psychic medium podcast host and someone who many of you supported last year in his healing crisis and recovery journey. Michael, I'm so glad you're here today and that we actually get to do this show. Yeah, I'm just very grateful that I'm actually here. It's been a long journey back. And uh, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, like you and your community were so, so amazing in the love and support that you showed me during my battle with cancer. Uh, It was just incredible. And there were times where things got dark, real dark. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I was going to make it at one point, but like I, I would be. Uh, during my chemo, I'd kind of be, you know, trying to watch videos and I'd scroll over to the one, the post that you did on YouTube and then all your, just all your community would, you know, have those uh, words of encouragement. And it was been so those, you know, those, so those, those subtle little words, you know, that you can read and stuff like that. And you felt, and it really, really helped me just really get through those, those dark times. And so I'm extremely grateful to your community, you especially, you know, and uh, yeah, like, it's 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 weird because it's funny enough. It's basically this time because we're recording this right now in October, whenever you release it. So it's been this time last year that I was actually in into my treatment sessions. Yeah, it, we just passed the one year anniversary mark of well, at least you revealing to me um, what was kind of going on, and that was a really scary moment for me as well. Uh, you know, to have one of my closest friends be hit with such a uh, difficult health crisis, such as throat cancer. And, you know, again, you guys in the audience, you were so wonderful. We read through every single one of your comments. For those of you who left words of encouragement, that was a support um, just as important as any of the financial donations that many of you were so generous to offer Michael. And so we wanted to do this episode to let you guys know where Michael was at and also give him an opportunity to talk, talk, use the throat chakra, use the throat that was under attack through cancer to express um, his journey, to share his journey. I think it's really a huge success point, culmination point in your journey. Um, 
to be able to have this opportunity to share your story through words, through your voice, the very thing that was shut down for you, the very thing that you had to go through a massive battle because there was times where, you know, we needed to communicate and you just, you couldn't talk. You could only type. And do you want to, I don't even know where you want to start, but there's just so many things here because why don't you, why don't you pick the point that feels most poignant to start with? And we'll use that as our jump, our launch pad and go from there. Yeah, that's, there's so many points of reference we can start from. Yeah, like you said, it was, uh, I didn't have my voice. And that was kind of the ironic thing is that I've been using my voice to make a living for most of my adult life, like uh, worked in television and sales and stuff like that. So the voice was very, very important and also doing reading. So not having a voice was extremely uh, painful, just knowing that I may lose it uh, and uh, it could get really worse. And so that was the the difficulty of uh, understanding that that loss uh, of how I was, how I was and who I was, uh, was a really a big, uh, a, a really big fear that I had. Um, I'm still working through it. Like my voice is still not hundred um, percent. I still got a lot of damage in the mouth that it's mainly uh, right now. It's a, a salivary glands because everything has been fried. So the chemo, the radiation, they just fried everything. So I have to drink a lot of water. Do you hear me? If you're listening to this and your microphone, you're probably hearing me trying to smack my lips. It's just that it's an ongoing process of that. But yeah, it was it was just that kind of ironic thing. Like, okay, I've got throat cancer. Of all the cancers that I would get, it's the one that I kind of needed the most. So that was my expression. So that was kind of the one of the things I was thinking about. It's like, okay, but then... What am I not expressing? What am I not saying? What what have I, what have I swallowed into myself? You know, and all those different areas. I was trying to think about it, rationalize it, and then I just sometimes I just said, "Oh, okay, this is just some sick joke," you know. At, at sometimes, right? I just try to think of the flip side on it. But yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty devastating from that point. That's important. What you just said there, you know, what did I swallow myself? Like, because a lot of times when we have, you, you can take this, scale it back from the, the very um, massive scale of cancer. Okay. Very uh, difficult to just down to a throat infection. Okay. And it's it usually because I'm very um, well-versed in the throat area because I struggle. This was one of my biggest obstacles was learning how to express my feelings, how to communicate my thoughts, uh, to say, to say my truth, right? The throat in in essence is your truth chakra and really, really kind of swallowing your real truth over and over and like holding it back. And like, as you do like resentment and anger and frustration and all of those things start to build. And there's such a toxic element and vibration to keep swallowing and holding in your throat, not letting it come through where the throat is the bridge between the heart and the mind, right? And so the heart and the mind stay very disconnected when we don't allow for that communication to come through. Were there any 
specific emotions that were coming up that you knew you had repressed for too long and were contributing to that toxicity building within that area? That's a good question. Uh, during the time, no, because it was I was in pure survival mode. So it's really, there was no time for emotion. It was just like, okay, uh, do I want to live or do I want to die? Like those, that's where it came down to. But as I, I look at it now and as I've been on my, you know, recovering process, it's given me a lot of downtime. So during the downtime, um, it was still mostly recovery mode and just kind of appointments. So everything's very scheduled. So when you get off that scheduling, I noticed that that's when, you know, some of the things, but it's so, it's so convoluted because I have my own original stuff that my own original woundings were there. Right. So the stuff that maybe I was suppressing that I wasn't dealing with, that I wasn't expressing out um was still kind of overshadowed because i was still dealing with the thought of the cancer and the diagnosis and all that encompasses so it's almost like the other stuff had to take a back burner a bit but for for the most part it could be uh i mean it's always the, the classic ones you know grief sadness anger frustration all the stuff that i wasn't able to express in my emotions also, too, is just expressing who I really am as an individual. Like, um, it was basically I was always in the psychic closet for the longest time, and uh, wasn't for wasn't for your encouragement to kind of say, okay, Mike, you know, time to pull back the curtain and get out there and uh, express yourself. So, I, I really think that it, it could be a combination of stuff. I mean, there's so many emotions. I'm still going through them. Like, there's still sadness. There's uh, a lot of uh, grief too as well that's coming up uh there's a sense of loneliness like this utter deep loneliness that is just some unfathomable and this is a lot of stuff that's coming up recently and uh yeah it's it's just this c continuous thing that i i'm trying not to focus too much on the event or the emotion of it but i'm just sitting with it because they're just there's just so many different things and so many layers and I thought I dealt with a lot of that stuff because I've been into therapy. I've been doing my work for a very long time. So it's nothing new, which is is poignant in one ways because um, the cancer, I said this in another podcast um, talking about it, is that it, this cancer, if it, ha it was the perfect time for me to have this disease, if it was any time at all, because I've done enough work to in order to help me through this. And I've been through a lot in my life in other diseases too, and other illnesses that prepared me for this. So it, it was a lot of stuff to have, but yeah, there's just a, always a different thing. Like right now, the biggest thing is just, uh, just life pathing. It's a little confusion because what I thought I knew I was supposed to do, it doesn't feel like the same anymore. Like mm. there's what I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. And it doesn't feel the same anymore. It does. It, there's, the joy, the expression of it is not there. So this is a new part of me trying to learn and find that expression of who I am. Why do you think the joy isn't there anymore? If I knew that, I'd, I'd try to figure that out, but <clears throat> I, I don't know. At this time, uh, I don't know. I'm sure things will be revealed. I think part of it is just, I think a lot of my healing journey, I've been really suppressing all these emotions. I'm noticing it now, like as I just try to stay busy and it's my way of distracting myself of being the muck because before it was, you know, like after I got done treatment, 
So you got about three months of treatment. And then you have, I had another three months of just trying to be semi-normal because the treatment was so harsh. I had so many problems. After that, you're just focusing on, you know, just eating, breathing, sleeping. That's really all you do. And then, so trying to suppress anything afterwards or anything that's coming up, it's probably just a lot of it's just a lot of probably just suppression uh, of that. And just being in the environment I was right now uh, hasn't been, um, hasn't allowed me to express it because I've been just kind of hibernating, hiding from things just to keep myself safe. Cause you know, physically I didn't feel safe because I've just in such a weakened condition. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to be around anybody. Right. And then, so, but that's one thing that hasn't really totally revealed my, it re revealed itself uh, to me yet, but I'm sure it will. Um, I'm sure there'll be a kind of an aha moment. And I go, oh. Well, I think, some of it's been revealed to you. <laughs> you don't have to hold back on a show about expressing the truth here for you, Michael. This is your opportunity. And I will say for the audience, what's important here as we kind of tap into this, because you don't feel the same way about what you thought you were meant to do. Let's draw on some connections here, which everyone in the audience, you're going to, this is a, this is a lesson for you as well in understanding the chakras. So the sacral chakra, which is where all of our emotions and our feelings are housed is also where a lot of our passion and our creativity and our desire lies. Now the sacral chakra is twinned with the throat chakra. So the throat chakra is very often connected. And a lot of times, um, the, when you talk about the sacral chakra, the main shadow of that chakra is guilt and denial. And so a lot of things in the throat too, is tied to guilt and denial. Uh, it's not just guilt and denial, but it, there, there's a, there's a similar frequency that is carried through that shadow element. So, a lot of times because in the sacral chakra, if you don't feel like you have permission or that you are allowed or that you're deserving of something, you feel guilty for wanting it and will then deny yourself, okay, actually having it. And this is very common in martyr complexes that many of us who are healers or in this field of spiritual development, energy, um, anything to do with healing and spirituality, we will often sacrifice at our own expense and continue to give and give and give and hold back on our own needs, especially when it also is tied to our ability to express our needs. Okay. Talk about our needs and um, say, and actually ask for what it is that we need. And I think as your friend, that this might be tied <laughs> to why you don't feel the same way about your path. Yeah. You know, I like, it's, I'm listening to that. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, like, this is some of the, the challenges I'm facing to, mm -hmm. I mean, I can rationalize the information that you're saying to me, but it's, sometimes it just kind of just sits there and kind of goes, mm, okay, let me just sit with the first and, um, 
it's not something I totally embrace uh, yet, but it, it, it logically it makes sense to me. It, like it's like yeah, it kind of makes sense. Uh, the den- denial and the guilt and stuff like that. You know, always giving, 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 and not reaching my goal. Uh, not having my needs met. I mean, that was basically my childhood for most part. It just was never getting my needs met, uh, and it was always that martyr energy, you know, sacrificing myself to make everybody happy as a people pleaser. I mean, the list goes on. It's like, um, I'm a walking pathology of, uh, psychosomatic stuff that's been happening. It's like a dictionary when people go, Oh, you have that. And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, I had that. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, yeah, that's what happened. So, but yeah, I, I, there is, um, a definite correlation for that. I, and I do feeling that's a lot of it is, um, just have, again, it's just identifying, what my my needs are what i'm really looking f- to need and that's trying to i think it's part of the thing is that i'm trying to figure out is what i really need mm-hmm. at the stage of my life yeah and getting really clear on that and then being able to ask for it yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah just just getting the clarity on it but asking what it is so yeah i um yeah, it will be interesting to see what comes up in the next little while, even from this conversation, even from our previous conversations we had prior to doing this recording. Uh, we had a lovely conversation about this idea too as well. So as I do my meditation, things like that, I'm always trying to pay attention to what's coming up during that and what 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 needs. But I think probably right now, I, if I had to guess on it, it's just a loneliness, just to being alone for a while, because I've been alone for so many years. So I think that's probably... And then death has a funny way of kind of realizing that, yeah, it kind of sucks if you're going to be alone to die alone. And I, that was kind of one of the things I was thinking about, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm going to die alone. That really kind of sucks, you know, after all these years. So yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, and then just, you know, learning to, to accept that and just to, uh, to, uh, to think about it and, and move forward, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we looked at your chart um, last week, and there was definitely a correlation with your soul, soul evolution, really focused on partnerships, uh, on other people in your life. And whether it's clients, whether it's a business partner, whether it's um, a marriage or uh, some kind of life partner, uh, just really important people in your life. Uh, that's where a lot of your evolution and your destiny is really kind of gearing you. And that is really, it, it makes a lot of sense when you're someone where you and I have very similar paths when it comes to not allowing other people to support us, having to do everything alone, um, feeling that there's uh, this driving force that will almost make sure that we do it alone. You know, we come up with these stories of why these narratives of why we need to be doing it alone and why other people can't come in. And, you know, part of that is a fear of losing control over your destiny and that someone else is going to be part of that. And that can be really scary for people like you and I who were raised, whether it was through a healthy environment or a not so healthy environment, a very traumatic environment that the only way you're going to survive is through yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the interesting things I had to learn about uh, with uh, when I was battling cancer is that uh, I had to actually ask for help 
which was the hardest thing. And then, you know, it's, I think it's a lot of it has to do with being a guy too, as well. It's like, oh, you know, come on, man up. You can do this. And like, I just, I realized how asinine it was they really think that I can go through treatments by myself. Like that's, you know, I just kind of think about it now. And it's like, geez, I was driving myself to the hospital for treatments. Uh, at the sickest times, I could barely walk to my car, but I still still managed to drive myself to the hospital, which wasn't close, you know, uh, for those who uh, understand traffic and stuff like that. I, you know, I live in the, the one of the bigger cities in Canada and uh, just on the outskirts of Toronto. So driving in Toronto. So if you had to think about traffic, it's kind of like, you know, they always talk about Los Angeles, you know, LA traffic and things like that. It's kind of our Canadian version of it. So it was just asinine. So to actually finally to reach out and just to tell people and reaching out was one of the most difficult things. I, I felt a lot of shame for that. I felt there was something wrong with me that I had to ask help. And that's something I'm still, I still struggle about is that there was a sense of shame that you can't manage this on your own. Like you have to rely on other people. And, you know, when you don't trust a lot of people to help out and a lot of people uh, and you had a lot of betrayal in your life, it's really hard to uh, have trust in people to show up for you. Even when the people who are supposed to be uh, take, helping you and, and, and you're supposed to be the ones able to trust uh, don't have any of that. Right. So it was a big learning lessons and I'm, I'm glad I did. It was really nice that I finally kind of said, okay, yeah, I, I got, I can't drive myself. Like the one time the, the doctor says, so how do you get here? I said, I'm driving myself. And the doctor looked at me and says, yeah, don't tell me that because that's not a good thing because we'll, we'll take your license away because you shouldn't be driving because I was oh, that geez. sick. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was just, it was just dumb. Like, and I was just like, ah, I can still do it. And but yeah, there was a couple of times I had to drive myself because I had arranged rides to do it. And uh, the Canadian Cancer Society, this was, it was, I can laugh at it now, but at the time it was, it was horrific. So again, everything's very scheduled and you can't miss any of your appointments, right? Because everything is just kind of nailed down. So I had the Canadian Cancer Society has this um, uh, thing that you can sign up for and, and pay some money into Wheels of Hope. So they have drivers pick you up and they shuttle you to your appointments, right? Perfect. A lot of times they couldn't get a driver. So what they used is Uber. So this is, my, you know, so I'm going to kind of bash Uber right now. Sorry. Uh, but their drivers were so. I don't think you're alone in that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I like literally had to, I, Uber is the one of the worst companies, especially when it comes to this, because they had a contract with the Canadian Cancer Society to know when they book it, that that's what's going on. So a lot of these idiot drivers didn't understand the severity of what was happening. So I had one driver basically cancel me because he parked in the wrong spot. He wasn't even at my building. He was at the next street over and I was supposed to find him. Right. And he says, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm going, no, you're not. I'm right here. Like, you know, you go back and forth. So I finally found him. I get over there. I jump in his car. He says, I cancel it. I can't, can't take you. And I said, okay, well, here's the address. I said, I can't take it. You got to pay for it. I go, wait a minute, I got to pay for it. He goes, I'm canceling. Then he says, you got to get out of my car. <laughs> and I looked at him. And then this is the time I could barely speak. It was so oh difficult. Uh, I had, I could barely speak. I had zero energy. This is about week three. And this is when shit really started hitting the fan. So I thought, oh my God, how am I going to get to the hospital? Right. So that's was some of the difficult things because I had to call the hospital. And that was the the most difficult thing because I had to deal with people with speaking all the time, but I couldn't speak. And I had no one here to speak for me to let me let them know because I can't can't text them. I can't go, 
hospital. Here's my cell phone number. Tech, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I just said that, and I was sicker and shit. I get to my car, I puke my guts out at my car. Getting to my car, thank God they had enough drugs in me to like just to keep me jacked up, so I wouldn't have all this nausea. So I was like, I was basically on speed. That's what it felt like. I was just like on speed. So I drove myself to hospital and this was the worst day I had. Like it was on a Wednesday. I had uh, double treatment. So I had radiation chemo on that same day. And I just remember I said, how in the hell am I going to get home? But the good thing about that, because they keep giving you all these extra drugs. So you don't, uh, you know, you don't get sick all the time. But the side effect of that is like, they're like, basically it's, it's like speed. Like you're just jacked. So I was just wired. So it, it I have to say this, and I'll just say this, and interesting. There's enough times where I was a young enough lad that I've driven when I was impeded, and I just felt like, okay, all these lessons of driving impeded was actually paying off because I shouldn't have been driving at all. But yeah, I can make light of it now, but yeah, it was just difficult and dumb. But yeah, that that Uber thing, but it was crazy. But yeah, the whole the idea about reaching out was thick, and I actually it was one of my clients that reached out to me. And she's a little godsend. Uh, just became a really good friend. And she said she would drive me to the hospital. So I had, you know, a couple of friends drive me this day, that day. So I had the cancer society drive me this day. My uh, other friend drive me Thursday. And then one drive me Friday. And then the weekends I had off. So it was really nice. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a difficult challenge. I, I still struggle to ask for help, but yeah, it's, it's getting easier. That's a long story. Is I was very convoluted there. Where I no, but I mean, these are the things that a lot of people don't realize is that it's almost like you're, you know, when I think about someone who can't communicate, but they're still aware, like people who might be in a coma, right? And they're there and they can hear everyone around them, but they're, they can't speak. And there's such a frustration or even people with um, mental um, issues, mental disorders and diseases where, you know, they're locked in their mind, like they're locked in their mind, but they can't express what they're really trying to say. Uh, it's, it's a really scary thought to be in this vessel and not be able to actually express or communicate. So knowing all of the years that you never were we're, we're not allowing yourself to really sh share what you needed and, or what was on your heart. Truly. Um, the frustrations of these lessons that are very unfortunate, but also feels to me like it was trying to break you down to that very core essence of facing the thing that really needed to be faced. Yeah, that's an under that's an understatement right there. I was laughing as I yeah, it fucking broke me down. No pun intended. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, again, there's like the like the lessons behind it, uh, behind the thing, like breaking me down again, and uh, you know that you look at disease in itself, and it's it's right, it's a game chamber. It's maybe really to look in and, and refocus on something that was missing or something that you're not paying attention to, right, and you know, it's just not the first health challenge that I've had too. So, um, but then I was, uh, at the time I was so young and arrogant. I didn't, I didn't, didn't even think about it. I'm just like, ah, oh, I got seriously sick. Okay, fuck it. Let's just move on and not understand what the, the meaning behind it is. But it, there was such, it was such a, 
an idea of what was happening that I can I can honestly look at it now. And it, it's making me reevaluate a lot of things. I reevaluate that. I mean, it's it's one thing. I'm, I have more compassion, but I have less compassion. Like, uh, I just don't tolerate shit anymore. I just don't. I just can't be bothered anymore. Like, I, that's the one thing I would like being a people pleaser, you know, hey, yeah, it's okay. No problem. Yeah, whatever. You can cancel on me. No problem. But now it's like, no, fuck that. No. Yeah, I wouldn't call it compassion. I call it more of like the pushover. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. I was, yeah, I was kind of in some, I wouldn't call it too much of a pushover, but I, I, if something really bothered me, I push back. I, I can be really, I can be very stubborn, but it takes me a while to, to in order to kind of, yeah, okay, that's enough. Um, I just don't have the same, the, I lost a lot of friends too as well, because I just couldn't tolerate them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized that they were, they were toxic and they, they weren't really serving me. And I was like, why am I still friends with you? Like, I don't understand it. Um, and then the good thing is the people who, that I least expected to show up and be there were there, but the ones who were supposed to show up didn't show up. And that made me realize, okay, there was a really imbalance and then just like kind of tolerating why am, why am I having these type of friendships? Um, so yeah, like I just, I just, like I said, I just don't tolerate shit anymore. Um, uh, and certain things too, as well, like, you know, I hear people, people whine a bit on, on small trivial stuff. I really have a hard time with that. You know, because when they're just kind of, and and I understand everybody has their levels of certain things that happen in our life, but if it's small little peddly stuff, like really, like honestly, you're talking to a guy who's like almost fucking dead almost six weeks ago from the fucking treatment of cancer. So really, please spare me the, the bleeding heart shit. Like, you know, oh my God, you know, listen, I'm just, I'm just not that guy anymore. So uh, it's made me a little more cynical. Sorry, cynical. Give me a Thank you. <laughs> I'm here to help. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. You might you might thesaurus. Well, while you lube up the throat. Yeah. Yes. Again, the mouth, the throat. Yes. Take all the lube you need. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is going into an interesting place. Yes. This is where our conversations go. This this is me and Michael. We are always we uh, always have we have that, a yeah. we have a creme fresh uh, inside joke. We have a uh, we have it all. So um, you said a few things there that I think are so relatable to so many people. So let's kind of dive into it a little bit because this, and I, and I relate to it very much. It's a lesson I went through this year, just thankfully not at the level that you had to experience it at. Yeah. I don't wish that on anybody. It's, it's still very disappointing to have these realizations that the, there are people in your life that are going to surprise you when shit hits the fan, they're going to surprise you in a really good way, in a way that makes you take a step back and say, why didn't I value that person as much as I valued this person who didn't show up for me? And you start to really question, what are you valuing in your friendships that so displaced or misplaced And really distorted, it creates a really big distortion in what your perception of friendship really means or being supported. And I think when it comes to being a people pleaser, because both you and I are, we're definitely people pleasers who are healing that and, and coming out of that. 
And I think that's part of the process is giving zero fucks after a while, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's, it, you have a low tolerance level because you're starting to actually understand your own value, where your values actually are when it comes to your personal relationships. And you're starting to create healthier boundaries within those relationships. So you're starting to actually create definition where everything's just not getting blurred and messy and, oh, I don't know, we'll just let that one slide. And, you know, like, though you didn't cross the line, we'll just wipe it out in the sand and move the line over here now. You know, like we're, we're not doing that anymore. And that's important. And this is why, again, I'm going to bring it back to the sacral chakra boundaries are very important when it comes to the sacral chakra, which is the mother wound. Anything, um, the mother wound sits in the sacral chakra. The father wound sits in the root chakra. So whenever you have unhealthy boundaries in your relationships, there is a mother wound that is related to codependency. Okay. Where you feel that you need to be the caretaker in order for people to like you, or you feel like you need to go above and beyond just to be even liked, you know, like, and then of course, eventually there's all this resentment and all of these, because you're not taking care of yourself. You're not, you're, you're creating that disservice. And I think, you know, going back to this idea of like, who's really here to support me and who's not. And maybe starting to realize where we've misplaced our own value in those relationships, increasing our own levels of discernment and how we're operating and choosing relationships of where we're actually giving our energy into those relationships, I think is a big learning lesson that I think you have gone through now and are probably still going through. Cause this is a, this is an ongoing evolutionary process. It doesn't just happen overnight. I definitely went through this. My audience knows I definitely went through this, um, you know, being stood up by everyone, but one person on my birthday, you know, which my birthday and what you went through are very two different um, scenarios, but it's really hurtful. You know, it's, it's a moment where it really kind of strikes that chord where there's no turning back after that. You can't, you can't not look at that anymore. You know, you can't just push that under the rug. And so there's this defining moment that comes up where we have to start taking ownership of our role in creating these relationships that are one-sided when it comes to support. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And it's just always nice to hear. And it's so refreshing to, to listen to the, about the woundings and stuff like that, because those are a lot of my core wounds are those two wounds. Uh, and, you know, the first and second, I've always had, you know, there's always those issues there because they deal with your childhood too as well. And it's it's interesting to hear that. And it's it's refreshing to kind of have it sit back in the mind and go, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, those are, I can see where those wounds are and why they're in that particular uh, first and second chakras and that codependency, like taking care of it. Like, and I think part of that too as well is even with my work I'm doing now, um, that idea that, you know, I was thinking of, one of the things I was thinking about during this time was, I was worried about everybody else besides myself during this. Like one of the thoughts that came through my mind is that, oh my God, I haven't helped enough people while I was here. Mm. And I was really, and I kind of sat back and I thought about that. And it's like, okay, that would really bothered me. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I haven't really been taking care of myself. Mm. I've been so focused on coming back and helping others. I haven't really been focused on, on what the fuck I was doing. And that's why I think where this idea of, 
of my work and the, the podcast, my doing my readings, my teaching, everything. I was so, it was just such a rush to come back and start helping people. And I've been neglecting who I was because I really haven't had the chance to kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should really kind of take this process and this time down and really figure out what I need and, you know, spend some time, you know, doing things that I was. And I think right now where the problem was, I was just kind of just staying focused on healing and not doing the things that I really found brought me joy. Because I was always worried about, oh, I needed a like it was such a rush to get back and start doing the podcast. And I realized that, you know, uh, as much as it's been helpful, I've been getting lots of stuff, but there's like, okay, why am I doing my podcast anymore? Uh, why am I doing readings anymore? Like those things, why am I teaching anymore? Like what's, what, what's, what's the end goal? Is it, is it, you know, it's always about somebody else helping them give them the knowledge versus what's what I really need. So it's, it's, it's a good kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. Let this, this is important. This is for so many people to understand because, and, and I know I've talked about this before and I apologize to anyone who might be like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but I have to say it because it is important and you will realize this if you are in the healing industry in any capacity or you're doing any sort of energetic work or you're trying to be of service okay, to your community in some way, there comes a time where you really have to evaluate how much energy and time you're putting into your work and your service. And is the compensation taking care of you in a reciprocal, a reciprocal way that is close to equivalent, okay, and or more. And I say that because there's, you can work and be this martyr, okay, who wants to do so well for the world, who really wants to be of service. And there's this, there's such a deep need within so many of us, though many of you who are listening to this podcast right now feel that deep within you. Uh, you feel very much aligned with a lot of what Michael and I are sharing here. But you have to understand that at some point, you're going to have to make sure that one, you're asking monetarily, okay, for what you need to be compensated, because if you are not, you will reach a point where you feel burnout and you're not receiving enough financial support for the energy that you're putting out. This is your job. And I will say it over and over and over again. If there is one job that should be held to the highest standard and be given the most financial reward is one that is of service to this world and others to help them heal, to help them become the best version of themselves. Like there's so many things that we give so much more money to that we don't even realize because it's part of the program. It's part of the matrix that we live in. And we're conditioned through religion to believe that, you know, if this is a gift that you've been bestowed by God, that this is something you give away for free. In actuality, it's the gifts that God has bestowed upon you that should be the ones that are rewarded the most by others, you know? And so I think 
this is important for people to understand for any, especially any of you out there who are doing this work and are struggling with asking for what your compensation is. And, and, or maybe you're giving away a lot of things for free, or you're not allowing yourself to be compensated in, in other ways that could also be nourishing to your soul. Okay. It's not just financial, but I say the financial because it's such a trigger for so many of us. Money is a massive teacher in this matrix for all of us. And so, you know, there comes a point where you have to realize what am I getting in return for all of this work? Now, yes, there's joy. Yes, there's, there's um, that sense of reward for helping another, like that really fills you up in many ways, but it doesn't put food on your table. It doesn't like take care of your children. If you have a family, doesn't pay for your electric bill. Like it, it doesn't do all of those things. And so eventually you have to have a balance of all of that. And it seems like you for sure were lacking the balance of the joy because you weren't even taking care of the things that bring you joy just outside of the work itself. Yeah, I, I realized that I a lot of the things I used to enjoy, I, I just stopped doing. I just, it was just this need to get back and do things. And, uh, you know, part of it was a reason just to keep me busy. Um, it, part of it was distraction. I needed a distraction. I needed something to keep the mind occupied because I was getting a little stir crazy when the mind wants to do something, but the body's saying, yeah, I don't think so. You need to, and that was one of my, one of my lessons I'm still learning is that I, I wasn't really listening to my body. Like, you know, my doctor, we got, I like, I go to see him because you know, part of the, the idea, you know, you're always going to see your doctor, like every couple weeks, you're always getting blood tests and things like that. And, and so he asked me, so, you know, what are you doing? Is, are you, how are you feeling? And it's like, oh, I got low energy. I'm not doing blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of talk about things. He says, are you, are you, are you resting? I go resting. No. And he says, yeah, do you realize you just went through? Do you, do you understand that, you know, everything has changed? Like, literally, they burnt you for seven and a half weeks, and then they poisoned you for, like, the other part. Like, and you don't understand. You know, it's like, okay, like, my doctor's got a, a funny sense of humor that way. He goes, that's what they did. And it's like, yeah, but, um, and it's like, no, you need to listen to your body. So there are, you know, a lot of things that I haven't been doing. Um, but, yeah, I need to just kind of to listen and to, to find out what I, I truly need and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's so true. It is so true. And I was listening to those words as like a resonator because we all have this big community that are, you know, in this and we're all, you know, we, a lot of times we do things. And I remember at the beginning of my spiritual stuff, like I used to give away everything for free. Like it just kind of, just cause you, you just wanted to, you wanted to help, you want to be in service, but like you said, there's a lot of things that your responsibilities, you know, don't always get taken care of if you're always, you know, and that's part of being the martyr, right? You're always, you know, always trying to, you know, sacrifice yourself for the need of others and not understanding yourself. Mm, yeah. And lube break. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, we got to interject some humor in here just as we. Um, yes. Uh, gotta, hold on, let me get a little more loose. Yeah, that's just that how throat. Michael and I roll. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna be watching this and going, what are they talking about? Or listening to this good lube. Like, what's going on here? It's like, hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully you didn't just join the podcast just now <laughs> when it's premiering. Um yeah. but yeah, and I think that's important for anyone who you know, for whether you're 
um, a client of someone's service or you are the provider of the service, it's really that you really have to understand too that there is a capacity that you're only able to give so much, especially when you're doing any type of deep psychic work, deep energetic work, healing work, any type of whenever you're working with the emotional realm, the mental realm, you know, and even the physical realm when it comes to healing, okay, the spiritual realm, this takes a lot more energy than just sitting here and having a conversation with someone. You're holding the space. You need to be, you have to have a lot of energy to hold that container. Like, so for instance, even at my retreat, you know, I now understand what happened. I now understand what happened. So right before everyone, the journey, like literally an hour before the journey, I got flooded through my crown chakra with so much energy. It just flooded my guides, my, my higher self. It just opened me up and flooded me with so much energy. I was buzzing. I felt like I had a bit of a headache and I'm like, I was a little woozy. I was like, what's going on? And I realized that Welcome I needed- to my world. <laughs> I needed that level of energy to hold space for everyone who was doing their journey. And I, that, that energy continued into the next day. And I was like, even our final day, you know, I was like, we were sitting around the, 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 the kitchen table and we were just chatting at breakfast. And, you know, I was surprised. I was like, I'm surprised. I thought I would make maybe be exhausted by now, you know, like, but I had just been all this energy given to me, you know, flooded in my container. So I could be the container for everyone else, you know, and hold the space. And eventually, as soon as like, it got to the point where, you know, I got home, unpacked the car, you know, all got the equipment back to where it needed to be, where I rented the speakers and everything. Like, as soon as all of that was done, all the energy was gone. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's time to recover. I have to recover. And it took me over a week to recover from that. And I'm so glad I, I, I took the space and time. I purposely didn't book clients. I pushed them all further away um, because I knew that one, I wouldn't have been of great service to them because I would have been exhausted and I wouldn't have been able to tap in at the level that I like to tap in for my clients. But also I would have just been like losing more energy and I, and it would have come back to bite me. I've, I've done this enough times to know that it, it, it'll come back and bite me later in a most inopportune times too. You know, I'll get run down, I'll get sick and then I'll be bedridden, you know, with like a cold or a flu or some stupid thing like that. Right. Yeah. And I think like what a lot of people, what I'm, where I'm taking the story in a very long winded way is that I don't think people understand how much energy it takes. And so you cannot back up your schedule in a way that you're like a conveyor belt of just rolling into one client, into the next client, into the next client, into the next client. I used to do that with massage. I used to do six to eight clients a day without a break. I'm like, don't give me that extra 15 minutes. Don't give me my lunch. I just want to power through. Now, yes, I do like to operate like that on a certain level and then take a bigger break, but you can only do that for so long. And in this kind of work, you really can't do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's different. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's interesting because I've noticed the last couple of readings that I did. Um, yeah. It like, I mean, it always took a lot out of me anyways, like that same idea because raising yourself up and, you know, it, it really took a, a, it really kicked my ass. 
it really kicked my ass energetically. Like I was like, oh Jesus. And it's like, okay, great. So then I was like, okay, how how am I gonna manage this? Like, how am I gonna do my reads if afterwards um I'm just toast? And the thing is, I'm still trying to recover from cancer and I'm still trying to do these reads, and it's just like, you dumbass. Like, <laughs> what are you? what are you doing? Like, you know, but it's in my mind. It's like, Oh, I got it. I got, you know, people need me. People need my help. You know, I, I can speak now. I have a little bit of my voice back. I got to use it. Fuck this shit. You know, there was a sense of urgency in this panic and I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. I'd be again on the couch, you know, on the floor, just, you know, have no energy to do anything. And it's like, okay, great. And then it just, it would cycle off. Like it, when you're healthy, you get to recover about it. But when you're not so healthy, it takes you a lot longer to recover. Mm -hmm. And I still think that I'm 25 years old sometimes in my brain and I kind of go, oh yeah, I can recover from this. Yeah, no problem. And it's like, yeah, no. And you get a stark, stark warning. So I have to, I have to be more mindful of that. But yeah, it does, it does kick your ass. Yeah, it's so understand that. I want to close out on a high note here. Mm. On, um, well, are we going to talk about more lube or what? <laughs> I don't know. What wants to get high? <laughs> uh, um, okay. So, <laughs> yes. Michael and I are very dirty with one another. <laughs> yeah. Now, we have to give a little premise of the backstory. Now, Nicole and I, like, we've known each other. You're probably one of my oldest, dearest friends that I have. And I think a lot of people don't realize Back in that. 2000 and what? Four we met or five? May I think it was maybe. It was either 2004 or 2005. I think it was 2004. Yeah. I think okay. it was at least 2004. Anyways, um, we always had this idea that um, we were always good friends, but we realized that we were married in past life. Mm -hmm. So we act like a, an old married couple a lot of times. And we just I always call him hubs. He calls me yeah, wifey. Wife, wifey. Yeah. And yeah. So we always joke around with that because it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's nice because a lot of the people I hang around with, you know, because you can actually joke like this without you know, getting bending anyone. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, you know, but it's, yeah, it's don't be friends with either of us. If you offend, get offended easily. <laughs> yeah, no, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why it's so hard to even think about getting a regular job just because everybody gets so offended on so many different levels, oh, but yeah. that's another thing, but yeah, that's a, yeah. Another tangent. Yeah, that's another tangent. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, sorry. I just want to give some background studies. So people are going, why are those two talking about dirty things on a spiritual podcast? Because and like the whole idea with your show, it's called enlighten up. Yeah. You on. can't take shit too seriously. And um, no. yeah, a little sexual humor is always fun. Yeah. You know, come on. If you're not laughing Especially about this, you're always in this mode of like light and love and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, God, yeah, I just want to have a glass of wine. And if I smoked, I'd be like, I just want to have a smoke and like, you know, talk some dirty shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and that was, I think that was a lot of things too, because I come from a television background and everything has to be perfectly said. Everything has to be, you can't express what you want to say. And that was one of the things that allowed me with the podcast is to say like shit, piss, fuck, mm -hmm. and express myself in my manner because this is who I am. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. change. And that's why I've always had to suppress that. Like, I like to swear once in a while. That's my personality. Mm -hmm. I like to express myself in certain ways. I, I I manage it like certain guests. You can't just go drop F-bombs every five minutes. But, you know, the nice thing about it, I don't have somebody going, oh, can you just say that again? Can you stop? Can you say that again? No. Can you just reframe that? And you're like, no, 
fuck that. It's my show. Yeah. This is who I am. I'm not changing jack yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like it, we can just yeah, we can just forget it. Ear muffs for anyone who's listening to the kids around. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully, ear muffs for kids. You're not but... listening to kids around. Because no, it's just us but, two yeah. having fun. No, but it's true. And I think, like, you know, anyone who's in my live chat, especially those of you who are regulars in the live chat, you know my dirty humor. And uh I, I'll drop a little like stuff in there every now and then. And and you mm-hmm. guys know, and you're you're all good with it. Um, so it's just uh, and even in my some of my all signs, you know, like uh whenever it starts to get a little sexual, we have a little fun. So it's 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 great. So on a high note. Yes. Let's on get a very, high. very, 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 very high, 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 high note. Yes. Um, these sorts of sorts of crises, um, these crises, these health issues, when we go on these journeys, there's a lesson that we can see once we're kind of getting through to the other side. Is there some sort of wisdom that was, you know, like that, that, the blessing in disguise or just the wisdom that gets revealed through the process of learning that came through this journey that you now see things through fresh eyes or a different lens. To be honest, I'm still working on it because mm-hmm. uh, it is pretty, pretty fresh. Um, you know, it's not like it, I mean, it, it certainly wasn't yesterday, but there are some bits of it like, you know, um, resilience, um, understanding resilience, understanding mental game aspect of it too, as well. Um, the understanding that you can't do this on your own, that you, you, sometimes you need to ask for help. doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, a lot of us guys, we have a hard time asking for help because, you know, it's, it's not put in our DNA. Um, Mm -hmm. but to, to kind of do that, um, be kind to yourself, um, Try not to try not to stay on the why it happened, but look at the solutions to move you forward in it because you can get stuck in the why. Like, mm. why did this happen? Why, why, why? The victim mode. Um, and reach out. Like, you know, reach out if you have friends and stuff like that. And 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 um and the you know, the right people will show up at the right time. Uh trust that there's a bigger plan for this. Um as much as it sucks going through it and it fucking did, uh, it was the worst experience of my life. Um, one of them anyways, um, there is a deeper meaning behind it. There is, a, uh, there has, it just hasn't been revealed. Like it's just still, it is still pretty fresh. It's mm-hmm. still, I'm still working through all the process, but you know, I just, it's just that uh, we do have a short period of time on this planet and you know, things will happen to make you realize that. So, you know, choose your, Choose your time wisely, um, you know, really start looking at your, your mental, emotional, and spiritual health, uh, I think too, as well. I think those are the different things, like all, all different areas. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll reveal more once more is revealed to myself, I guess. But as again, it's, this is a, a huge learning journey for me and I'm still trying to figure it out. I still haven't figured it all out yet. And there's more going to be coming to the surface and there's going to be some aha moments and then there's going to be some more tears and mm-hmm. some anger is going to show up, whatever it is. Just, I just got to just work through it. And, uh, I'm just glad that I have a friend like you. And in this case, I get a screw loose or two. I can you know, just pick up the phone and say, okay, Nicole, I'm, I'm in the shit. Help me out here figure out what's going on. So, which is good. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you, 
did that and that you you continue to reach out when you need to. Yeah. I think that's something I've seen um, in a lot of um, just people that I know, friends, clients, that um, this is definitely something that a lot of men have um, trouble with, um, but also women who are used to being more of in their masculine energy, uh, you have trouble asking for help. And let this be known that I've seen it time and time again, that if you are not being proactive and starting to push through the discomforts of what it means for you to ask for help, the universe will orchestrate something where it's going to be less kind and much more uncomfortable for you to ask for help. So be proactive in your own journey. There are ways, listen, we have all of us on our path have um, different points of uh, soul contracts being re-looked at and have you have you fulfilled those contracts? And if you haven't, if you've been avoiding certain things, it gets harder and harder down the road. And it doesn't mean that if you wait till the very moment where a crisis happens that has you brings you to your knees that you're a bad person or you did it wrong. It's just it's the way that you chose to navigate the life. And I know for myself, some of like a lot of my um my char- characteristics or personality I should just say is I tend to learn things the hard way like I, I'll choose to learn the hardest way possible oftentimes and I'm trying to to to, to roll that back I'm trying to stop doing like okay Nicole you don't have to take it to the very nth degree of difficulty in order to learn that right amen and sister so, yeah so you know, this is, you have, look at the signs, look at what's happening in your life. Be aware. Um, if you can avoid an ultimate crisis, it may just mean that you've got to go through those pressure points and the discomfort sooner so that you don't have to be forced through it and brought to your knees and kicked and being dragged, kicking and screaming through the process. Uh, so I think that's really important. And also knowing that, listen, pay attention to who's supporting you, who's not. And are you valuing the people who aren't supporting you more than the people who actually are showing up for you? Like these are big lessons that all of us can relate to. And in the end, I think this is something that I, you know, I'm facing too, is do I really want to die alone? (laughs) Do I want to die alone? No, I don't want to die. Of course you have a big circle of friends and you know, but it's not the same. You know, whether it's you want a family or you just want a partner or whatever it might be, you know, is really open up your life because the spiritual journey can gear you and guide you down a path of loneliness for a while, but you can get used to it and then start making excuses for why you're staying there as opposed to coming back and bringing it back into integration with all of your relationships. Just remember your relationships are going to be your greatest teacher on this planet, your relationships with others, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your body, your relationship with this reality relationships are your ultimate teacher. And I'm going to leave it there. Michael, as one of my closest friends. I'm so glad that I am able to do this show with you in the future from where we were last year. 
I knew that there was going to be this point where we could do it, but of course everything is a choice. And I'm so glad that you chose to face this and do it in the way that you felt it was right for you. I know some people may question they're, they're very much into the alternative health and healing. And why did you do the chemo? Why did you do the radiation? But this was your choice. And I don't think it's right for any of us to judge anyone on their particular path, whether it's someone who's totally medically, you know, inclined and judging you for taking, you know, an alternative method. Like there's it, no one, whatever side you stand on, you just can't judge someone. It's their body. It's their path. And um, I think that there are certain lessons that were enmeshed and entangled into this journey that you chose. And yeah. I'm so glad that you're here to I'm share glad it. I'm here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm so glad to, yeah, that would be a whole nother episode on just on the reasons why I went that route, but there's a, there's a lot of different things. I mean, I'm a, you know, yeah, we'll just save that for another show about that. Cause <laughs> we can just go on to another big tangent, but yeah, I, I have to say that, you know, uh, I want to say thank you. And again, thank you to all your listeners. You've been an, an incredible light. You've been an inspiration. You've been You've been a little bit of a muse for me. You know, I've always uh, just, I've always been in awe of you. You've always shown me that, you know, your courage and the willingness to kind of open yourself and like you kind of, you know, open being raw and real. And uh, I kind of like going, wow, that's, that's intense. And you encourage me to kind of open up. Like I, I still, I still keep a little close things close to my chest. I'm sure people are probably realizing that, but for the most part, um, I love you dearly. You're an amazing human being. I love what you're doing with your platform and everybody that you've helped. And yeah, just keep uh, keep you being inspired and uh, keep inspiring me because uh, I'm one of your biggest fans. So thank you, my dear. Thanks, Hubs. I'm going to receive all of that. <laughs> thank you. You're quite welcome. <laughs> Let me just have my vodka here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that lube was not water, it's all vodka. You no, know, it was yeah. just vodka, man. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who are such a support to Michael with your words, with your resources, uh, whatever they may have been. Thank you so much. They meant the world to both of us. And we're happy to be here and to do the work that we do. And I hope that you're doing the work that you feel most inclined in your heart to be doing. And I love you guys so much. So I'll see you next week with a new podcast. And I'm not sure yet if it's going to be a solo because I am about to embark on something that is really pushing me out of my comfort zone and taking me to bigger levels that I hope I'll be able to share with all of you. So we'll see what happens. Do, do I have a new guest for you or is it a solo next week? I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys, I love you and uh, have a very happy Halloween because this is airing on Halloween and um, we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright, and I'll see you next week.